genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one over-enthusiastic beacon hermit at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm from a long line of torchbearers. <laughs> I mean, I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> and today... <laughs> oh my god, you can't make me laugh, I still have a cold. Um, today... <laughs> but it was right there. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 67, which starts with um, some beacons and ends with more beacons. Yet more beacons. <laughs> you see... Beacons all the way down. There's like 10 of these things that we see through the whole sequence. Oh, now I have to count. There's, there's quite a few of them. But between both minutes in which we see them. So we start with one in Gondor. Yeah. And they've got one with these over-enthusiastic dudes. No, I don't think that, because this doesn't look like the mountain range right outside of Gondor. I think there's been a few in between. So, I actually, I think the one that's far away at the beginning of this shot is the Beacon of Amandine. Oh. So that's the first one that lights after okay. the Gondor so Beacon. So we're up to two beacons. So this is this the one that gets lit at the beginning of this minute by the two enthusiastic Get dudes. Get lit. That's Beacon number three. Okay. So Gondor, Amundine, this Number one. Three. And we're with these guys for a while. I love these guys. What's their story? They're into, right? Who? That hut is very small for two people to live yeah. in. That's very cozy. Do you think they're like, I don't know. Do you think they just live out here forever? Like, are they partners? Are they like friends? Are they just shoved out here like summer camp style? Like, what the heck? There's four. Five. Five. Are we... Six, seven. Yeah. So, like, they riff on the they riff on the people living up here. Yeah. On all four commentary tracks. Eight. They they honestly do. They Nine. really riff on it. Imagine this Ten. this long line of people keeping just a little book of eleven. matches dry for hundreds <laughs> of years. There are at least eleven. So there are ten that we see on fire in this minute because we don't see the one in Gondor. Yes. So yeah, there are ten beacons in this minute. It seems like way more. Because it, it gives you this feeling of scale the way that the the shots yeah. are like actually moving. Okay, I want to talk about these two guys at beacon number three. By the way, this uh those are two actual actors and two actual set pieces that were helicoptered up on top of the mountain. Two actual actors. Like, as opposed to fake actors? As opposed to, like, CG guys. Oh, I was like... That's two actors, a hut, and a beacon. As opposed to a visual effects director. <laughs> yes. <laughs> helicoptered up onto a mountain and sat down, and the fire on this first beacon is real fire. It doesn't look real. They just, uh, they just edited it so that it flares up faster but that's the actual ah. that's the actual fire from that beacon burning that's what they say in the commentary that's pretty cool they they set that beacon on fire and just filmed it doing its thing um this this is relatable because one time um 
once one fourth of July, we hiked up a mountain in the dark and then set off fireworks. <laughs> well, it was legal in that county, but like not the smartest thing in the world to do. No. We dark almost fell off the mountain. <laughs> woods. No, fireworks. That, no. This is Southern California. There's no woods. Bushes. Yeah. The brush. And just because fireworks were legal didn't make it smart because, like, it was July and dry as heck. Like, peak hindsight, fire season. Right? Hindsight's like, oh, that's that probably wasn't a good idea. But it was really fun. <laughs> we didn't, like, light a bonfire like this. But did you set something on fire? No. Oh, that's good. No. One of them was just way bigger than we thought it was going to be, and we, like, jumped out of the way and almost rolled down the mountain, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good job. Good times. I'm glad you lived. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm glad, glad you survived. Hiking here. up the mountain in, like, plastic flip-flops and stuff. Yeah. Youth. <laughs> I would never do something like that now. I'd have to take a backpack with, like, a first aid kit and, like, a, a lunch. And <laughs> it's like, don't be a square. We have fireworks. <laughs> We're not being, we've already made the decision today to not be safe. Well, I didn't grow up in a place where fireworks were legal. So we drove up north to where they were legal. And then we're just like, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, they weren't legal here till they were banned in Maine statewide until just a few years ago. Yeah. Well, now people are lighting them off on lakes and like Constantly. blowing themselves up. Yeah. So. <laughs> people just using them all the time now. But yeah, these two guys, they live up here on this mountain. I, I love these guys. What do they, what do you think they do for fun? Ricola. Their hut is, they're Rico- <laughs> they don't have like, what are those instruments called? I have no idea. The big horns. A big horn. I have no <laughs> idea what it's called. A big horn. This is my big horn. A matter horn, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> I love their tiny hut. It's smaller than the beacon. It looks smaller than the beacon, yeah. They don't, that, yeah. Do you think they like cook in there? Like, it's got to be cold. Do you think? Do you think they live up here all, year round? Someone has to always be here in case there's an emergency. No, but like these two guys specifically. Like, I know in the commentary they were talking about like maybe it's like a for life thing, or maybe it's like a like a six month service sort of thing. Like, oh, you got beacon duty, like or a punishment. Yeah. But then, yeah, because we were talking yesterday. But then who's making sure they're doing it? What happens to the guys? Okay, if beacon duty is a punishment, those guys are definitely dead. Those two guys. Because if they're already being punished for something. Oh, beacon beacon duty in Gondor, in Minas Tirith itself, is probably not a punishment. Oh, that's That's a cushy job. Out in the wilderness. You have all the luxury of the city and you don't have to do squat Ah, all day. So out in the wilderness. Beacon beacon duty out here is is hell. I don't know. These guys look really excited. I love the one with the torch, and he's just, like, conducting he's or, waving like, waving it around. it around. They're, like, jumping up and down. He's really into it. He's, it's just like, dude, the guys over at the other beacon cannot see your little torch, no matter how well, you wave it around. do you think they're, like, yelling? So- I'm sure the sound, like, travels. Yeah, and they're up really high, echoey. I don't know how far away. There's no way that they can hear them at that other beacon either, though. Yeah. I, I, it looks like they're hooting and hollering. They're just like, hell Yeah. Woo, yeah. Like, who But it's gets... like, dude, it's an emergency. Yeah, exactly. Who gets this excited about lighting, like, calling 911, you know? Basically. <laughs> like. When you, if you've lived your whole life waiting for this moment, there's just catharsis here. But I then think. they're like, oh no, what's happening back in Gondor? 
<laughs> what what could be happening? And this goes both ways, I th- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the whole idea of this is that if Rohan was also in danger, they could light the beacons to call Gondor and go back the other way. Oh, really? Well, yeah, it's a network of beacons. Why couldn't it be lit the other way? I don't know, because I always imagine Rohan as, like, they're they're independent, but they're not. Like, I feel like Rohan, like, okay, if Denethor and Theoden, like, met in person, I don't feel like they would be on equal footing. Hmm. Well, as far as Theoden concerns, they're not. Theoden is a king. Oh, I see. Okay, but, like, if, okay, if, if, um, if Aragorn... Post this movie, as the king of Gondor, um, meets with Aomer. Aomer, I was like, not Theoden. He's not above Aomer. So yeah, they're not on equal footing. No. So why would Rohan be able to light the beacons? To still be able to call for help quicker than sending a horse. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be able to. It's... I don't feel like it goes both ways. Yeah, but I, I. I don't know. I feel like an emergency system like this is not set up to be a one-way mode of communication. It's so much work. Think about all the work that had to have gone into setting this up. Well, I mean... And the people on the on the Rohan side are must be Rohirrim. Yeah. I do not believe for a second that there's just two Gondorian think, soldiers. Do you think there's, like, like, beacon protocol? Like... You can use the beacons for X, Y, Z, but you can't use it for this. Like, like there's an emergency in both places, so they start getting lit from both sides. No, no, no. And they meet in the middle. See, I don't think Rohan is allowed to write the, light the beacons, because I think they, like, Rohan is, like, Theoden is a king, but he swears his fealty to Gondor. Except he definitely doesn't. Well, I know, because Theoden's sassy, but, like, in ye olden days. When there was a king. Yeah. There is no king in Gondor. So... He he is not loyal to... Rohan is not loyal to the seat of the steward. But then... They're loyal to the seat of the king. Yeah, but, like... I think... So, I mean, we're going to talk about this more. Because he's so bitter about, like, where was Gondor. If if he was allowed to light the beacons in an emergency, I feel like that would have warranted an emergency. See, I think Theoden just wouldn't have lit them. Theoden, uh, the people of Rohan largely believe that they can handle things themselves. So then why would they need to light the beacons both ways? I just think that there would be a protocol where they would be... I, I don't think it's out of the question for Rohan to light the beacons and communicate with Gondor. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't I agree with that. Because if there is an emergency that requires the attention of Gondor, I don't know, a giant orcish army, then... You'd think Gondor would want to have a quicker way to know about it than a horse. But do you think, like... Because it's the, it's the only way to be faster than horse travel in Middle-earth is this beacon system. I don't know, the eagles are pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, but people don't just have them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. They, they refer to this as the Middle-earth internet in the commentary. Oh my god. <laughs> just like, this is the fastest mode of communication available. This might actually be faster than... Actually, this probably would be considerably faster than something flying. You think so? Than a than an animal, because light travels so much faster than any animal can. That's true. And when it's dark, overnight, it I I imagine it didn't take more than a couple of hours for these beacons to be all lit. But with the speed at which we see them flare up, anyway. But some of them are in darkness, and some of them are in daylight. So it's been at least a day. 
because Pippin lights it in the morning or, you know, afternoon. So it's been at least... Unless the timeline is all screwy and it's not dawn, it's dusk. I think it's been at least 12 hours. It must be. So that like that tells you that this must be incredibly far away. Because yeah. I think if you were doing this, if you could do this in the real world in a chain of lights like this, even if it took 10 minutes for each one to flare up, the person, the 25, 30, 40 miles away on the mountain peak that can see you, mm-hmm. will see the light long before it reaches its full height as a flame. Right. And they'll be able to light theirs. So if you're 50 miles away on two different mountain peaks what if the visibility is poor like what if there's a fog or like a mist or something then you do kind of have to wait for it to reach full visibility and then maybe you'll see it see how reliable are these freaking beacons freaking beacons (laughs) it's the freaking beacon (laughs) i i don't know there's There's just a lot of factors that go into it like what if the wood was wet what if yes in all these places where there's snow yeah the beacon thing is really easy to pick apart. I mean, that's our job, right? Yeah, it, it's really easy to pick apart, but it is just, there's something fundamentally cool and grand oh, about yeah, this idea. No, no, for sure. I love this. Um, this set of minutes, um, like this has my favorite piece of, of score in the entire trilogy. Mm. This um, This Gondor theme as we are lighting the beacons. That's why I picked it for our closing music this season, because I'm yeah. just like, yeah, this slaps. <laughs> I know, because we were talking about it before. So what do we use for our outro? And It's got to be Gondor, man. It has to be something Gondorian. I remember you telling me that it took you a while to find a slice of it that you really no, I, wanted to use. I just, um, I like the music so much I didn't want to trim it. Mm. Um, So I was having trouble, like, knowing when to, like, pull the trigger on it. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I, I would listen to it and I, it would just like keep going. And I'm just like, oh, Screw yeah, I'm it. supposed to be editing. <laughs> Two and a half minute full outro. No, 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 no. Just the whole piece. <laughs> you the... can't just slap the um the track on the back, like the end of it. No, it's got to be like less than 12 seconds or something. It's more than that. <laughs> it's not that long. Yeah, it's like 30 seconds. Yeah, that's fine. However long it's got to be. Whatever. I love this. This music is so beautiful. It's the best. It's very sweeping. It's not my favorite song. It's my favorite chunk of score. Mm. There's a difference. My favorite song is also in this movie. Yes, it has words. It has words. Um, And it's sooner than I always think it is. It might be my favorite moment, but that's hard to say. I don't know. We're going to talk more. I think. I want to save stuff about Theoden and the Beacons. Yeah, for sure. And Gondor for, I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. Uh, it might be Thursday, but I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. At least uh, the important bit of it is. But yeah, we're there There are so many ways to just pick apart everything about this Beacon scenario. But I think that all things considered, there there just can't be a faster way to communicate between these two places. Yeah. Because this is cutting a straight line over the top of the mountains. Right. So it, I find it hard to believe that there's not some circumstance in which Rohan would be able to light the beacon. See, I don't think, like, I think in 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 um, terms of how Gondor views itself and its surroundings and its neighbors, um, 
I feel like Gondor is like the um, kingdom, I guess. Yeah, but you would still want to be alerted to an external threat as soon as possible if you felt it was warranted. Like yeah. someone has to be able to make that call. That's why I'm asking, is there beacon protocol? There, I mean, there has to be certain rules. Do you think these two guys living out in the wilderness have, like, this big, thick, like, beacon handbook? Like, okay, Like the Jedi out. texts? Just <laughs> Jedi texts. It's, like, in their little hovel. It does kind of look like the little huts in, um, <laughs> on Luke's, like, Hermit Island. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I, the, I don't remember what those aliens are called. Yeah, the, the little dudes the on little the, nuns? the caretakers. They're called yeah, the caretakers. Yeah. The little nuns and Ray destroys their cabbages. <laughs> But, like, do you think, like, oh, you're getting shipped off to beacon duty. Here's your, um... Here's the here's user your, manual. Here's your winter coat. Um, your... <laughs> your state-issued coat. Your your handbook. A box of matches. A box of matches and a sword. Have off fun. you go. No armor, then. Oh, hell no. You're not climbing the mountain in that. Yeah. Climbing a yeah, mountain? Yeah, dude, these... Yeah, there's no road up here. These guys look like... Hill people? Like barbarians. Like, oh, no. What's the... What's the people that live beyond the wall in, in Game of Thrones? The uh, the wildlings. Yeah, wildlings. They look like wildlings. They're dressed in, like, weird leathers and furs and stuff. Yeah. They have, like, long red hair, it looks like. Almost. Just, just two dudes. Just two dudes. Just dudes being bros. I can't tell if it's, like, chestnut or red, but, like, I don't know. They look kind of Sasquatchy. I want to know all about these guys. These two dudes. They're having so much fun. Yeah? It's an emergency! Yay! <laughs> There's definitely smoke coming out of their little hovel. Yeah, they got a little, they got a little campfire going on in there. They gotta stay warm. I don't know how the heck they're sitting or sleeping around it yeah are there only two of them it looks like it do you think there's a third guy in there like sleeping like this is their watch and then there's a third guy always sleeping i don't know maybe you gotta do the buddy system because you can't just be on your own look what happened in gondor i mean there were two guys there yeah that's true i don't know i love these guys these guys are the best i want to know all about them yeah it's so funny Man, I can't believe we're, like, Beacon Week already. Yep. Beacon Week? Are we spent? You think so. Okay. I just I just could go on about... I want to, like, write backstories about these guys. Like, I want to know what their life is like. I want to know if this is, like, their six-month stint. Are there, like, repeat um uh, a Beacon, like, veterans? Like, <laughs> they, like, choose to, 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 sa- to sign on for another six months at the Beacons? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know. want to know. My brain just hurt me. I'm sorry. What? Broke back beacon. Oh my god. Dude, hell yeah. Dude. Yes. There's only one like bedroll like <laughs> Broke back beacon. I can't quit you. Um so Is that what we're calling this episode? I don't know. I think so. I think so. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're from the website, duelinggenre.com. While you're on the website, check out some of the other um, podcasts. (laughs) Protagonist Podcast, Doctor's Companion, New Doctor Who, coming soon. I think our review for the new season of Jodie Whittaker will be 
I don't know, like this weekend, I think. This upcoming weekend. Potentially. I don't know. I just talk about Doctor Who. I don't actually plan things. Um, <laughs> I just show up. Um, if you're in the mood for like some stories, Geek by Night and Immunities, your humble servants. Um, and uh, there's a new comics podcast called Tales from the Short Box. They review um, new comics every week. So that's cool. If you're into that, check that out. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with more beacons. Yes. 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 Just a bit more. Just a bit more. And this, this is the conclusion of my favorite piece of music. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a happy and safe New Year's Eve. And we'll see you in 2020. Bye. Bye.